You are listening to Inside Healthcare, a podcast presented by NCQA. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Inside Healthcare. I'm NCQA's Communications Director, Matt Brock. November is National Diabetes Month. In this episode, we turn our focus to the progress that's being made in diabetes care. This week, we have two experts, two former internists, now racing to find solutions for speeding up diagnosis for diabetes by highlighting the diabetes, kidney, and heart connection. Later on, we'll catch a bit of a chat on health equity with NCQA's President Peggy O'Kane. She'll tell us what NCQA is doing to boost the country's health equity agenda. First up, my interview with two experts in diabetes care, Dr. Dan Wilson of pharmaceutical giant Bayer AG and Dr. Mary Barton, NCQA's Vice President for Performance Measurement. Over 37 million adults in this country have chronic kidney disease. But because so many of them are asymptomatic, most of them don't even know they have it. Our guests want to fix this gap in kidney care. Bayer recently teamed up with NCQA to develop a kidney health toolkit, an amazing package of materials that helps providers and agencies teach the link between chronic kidney health and related conditions, including diabetes and cardiovascular disease. Let's listen in. It's American Diabetes Month, and NCQA and others have been doing a lot of work on diabetes, and we want to inform you of what's going on here, and perhaps you uh, can send us a message and tell us some special things you're doing for the month uh, to recognize uh, American Diabetes Month and We know, and you'll discover in our discussion today, that there are more serious implications even beyond diabetes that we'll be talking about. Our guests are from Bayer Pharmaceuticals, uh, Dr. Daniel Wilson. He is the Senior Medical Director at Bayer Pharmaceuticals. And Dr. Mary Barton, she is the NCQA Vice President of Performance Measurement. Welcome to both of you. Thank you very much. So we'll start with you, Dr. Barton, just because I know NCQA has a toolkit that we want to promote, that we want folks to download, and it's Diabetes Month, but this toolkit is about preventing something serious for people who may already uh, have diabetes or or, or are living with diabetes. So um, tell us a little bit about the toolkit. Thank you, Matt. Um, It's true that uh, for folks who have diabetes, they know from day to day the strains and stresses of trying to manage their blood sugars. But the key thing that the body, the way that the body is affected by elevated blood sugar is really in the tiny little blood vessels. And those tiny little blood vessels are in the kidney and in the eye. And we're here today to talk about kidney disease because kidney disease is much more prevalent in people who have diabetes than in the general population. And we know that there are things that can be done to monitor diabetes, to both monitor kidney disease in diabetics. And we want to get the word out to both patients and providers about these tests about the importance of the routine use of these tests to monitor kidney health 
so that we can help them to intervene earlier in kidney damage. And, and, and thereby increasing the chances that this person's going to survive and live comfortably longer if they don't have to deal with that, if they don't get that far. We're trying to prevent them from getting to end-stage kidney disease, correct? Exactly. That's exactly right. And, and uh, judging from uh, our blog, one in three adults with diabetes may have chronic kidney disease. And if I understand correctly, what you've told us is that these measures are designed to, um, to identify those people. Because while one in three adults with diabetes may have chronic kidney disease, we're not sure about that. Where there are a lot of people de dealing with it who don't know they're dealing with it. That's exactly right. Chronic kidney disease is um, sort of like uh, another condition that I could name, like high blood pressure, where for a very long time, people have no symptoms of it. It doesn't cause an ache or a pain. And so it's, um, it's you know, so-called silent killer because people don't know that they have kidney disease and they may do things that are harmful or stressful to their kidneys. They may, you know, unknowingly accelerate their own renal disease, kidney disease. And so we think it's really important for everyone with diabetes to understand, hey, I'm at risk for kidney disease. These tests are going to help me monitor where I am and then once I know where I am, I can work with my clinical team to understand, you know, maybe working with a nutritionist, maybe working with, um, uh, you know, by primary care, or maybe it's a specialist, an endocrinologist to understand what are the other things I could do to modify my risk? How can I prevent myself from going to stage four or end stage renal disease? Dr. Wilson, uh, first of all, I think we should explain why you're why you're here because the, uh, the toolkit that we've developed and worked with, my, uh, uh, Bear supported that work. And why why do you? Uh, well, first of all, I should also say that before you uh, jumped um, to the pharmaceutical sector, you were a practicing physician. Uh, specializing, I believe, in cardiology, nephrology, the things we're very much talking about. Um, why do you suppose, first, let's start, why do you suppose having that two and a half decades of experience treating patients, why do you suppose folks don't know that they so, have advanced in kidneys, kidney disease? So I'm a nephrologist, and that's a kidney doctor. And I've practiced, mm -hmm. I practiced for about 27 years. And uh, in order to screen patients for kids to test their, their risk of developing kidney disease, uh, uh, most of the people realize that we, uh, when, when a, a diabetic patient goes in to, to have laboratory, that, uh, uh, they, that there may be a measurement of kidney function, a, a test called a, a serum creatinine. And now we we uh, are using that information with a formula to actually calculate their what we call it their glomerular filtration rate or or get an estimate of their glomerular filtration rate, and what this does is it gives us a a good idea of their kidneys' ability to filter out the toxins in the blood. Okay, but that's not enough. 
because uh, what we know now know is that in diabetes, early damage can occur in the kidney. And, and with that early damage, the kidney starts to, to leak protein. And the smallest protein that, that gets into the urine is called albumin. And uh, uh, if we really want to prevent progression of kidney disease, we're going to have to uh, identify it at a very early stage. And we have a test called a UACR, uh, which, which is basically a, a urinary uh, albumin to creatinine ratio. A lot, of, a lot of big words there. But it's basically a simple morning, t- a, a simple test where you, you get a urine sample in the morning and it's analyzed for the presence of this small protein. We know that this, uh, this when this protein Protein appears appears in the urine that it increases your risk for developing kidney disease, but it also increases your risk for developing cardiovascular disease. And and so when we see this, we recognize that there's a need for more intensive therapy. That uh, and that might mean better blood pressure control. It might mean better glycemic control. And in, in some cases, it might also mean the use of uh, medications to prevent uh, 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 progression of kidney disease and cardiovascular disease. Now, as a nephrologist, I had to sit. Uh, I had to sit across from uh, many patients and uh, tell them that they needed dialysis. And I, I like to dovetail on what Mary said. Uh, in, in that many of these patients had no idea that they had kidney disease. Uh, I need to become a preventive nephrologist. The way that we do that and, and, and the way that NCQA is helping us at this point in time is, is that we're, we're, we're trying to get physicians and other healthcare professionals to realize that, uh, that, that you need to screen patients regularly for uh, the presence of protein in the urine and, and to know what their kidney function is. You know, uh, yeah. so, so I think my follow-up there, doctor, sorry to interrupt a little bit, but my follow-up there is, if you are on, if you have diabetes and you're on uh, um, insulin or a type two for some other drugs, some oral uh, drugs, what uh, aren't you regularly being tested anyway? Isn't that happening, or is it that people are not uh, not conducting those tests for their regular visits of patients? There were some loose recommendations uh, uh, that that uh, physicians should check. Uh, the the amount of protein in the urine, but but there never was a really strong recommendation that we should do this. Uh, 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 the major societies now ha- have have got together and, and are, are making a very strong recommendation that that uh, clinicians and healthcare professionals need to to at least at least once a year. Uh, uh, do two measurements, uh, the the EGFR and the UACR, uh, to uh, be cognizant whether or not, to determine whether or not a patient has uh, uh, CKD or chronic kidney disease and and diabetes. Uh, The NCQA um, has helped us uh, uh, take this message uh, to to, uh, the uh, uh, CMS and, and to other bodies uh, that uh, will help us uh, ensure that, that we're going to get uh, more compliance with this, uh, uh, with these particular testing regimens. You know, and, and I can't really blame uh, the clinicians or other healthcare professionals. When you see a diabetic patient, you have to concern yourself with several issues. You have to concern yourself with the, the glycemic control or, or controlling their blood pressure. You have, to, you have to concern yourself with getting their blood pressure 
controlled. You have to concern yourself uh, with uh, having their lipids controlled. But we need to raise the the bar and say that you also have to concern yourself about being cognizant of their kidney function and and making sure that we're doing everything to prevent uh, the development of kidney disease or the progression of kidney disease. Dr. Barton, that is really the effort going on at NCQA in terms of measurement to add the way, uh, to add tests that we measure um, to make sure that this becomes a priority in those list of priorities. And there are a lot. Exactly so. So that... um... Uh, patients who have diabetes are now going to be measured not only on their blood sugar control with the hemoglobin A1C and their blood pressure control, uh, but also whether they've received these two kidney tests, the UACR or urine albumin creatinine ratio uh, and the creatinine. Um, And the idea is when we add measures like this, then people begin to pay attention, don't they? Well, that's the thing. Uh, but I think that this support from Bayer really points out um, the power of a concerted effort because by creating this, these tools that clinicians can use, there's a poster for a clinician to put up in their office, you know, a pamphlet for patients. I think we're, we're trying to... Um, jumpstart conversations in a way that a measure might take a long time to do. So we're, we're using these educational tools to really get in on the ground level. And, um, you know, I think that it's really a great a multiplier to have these educational tools together with the measure as we institute this new measure. So, Dr. Wilson, then you would you, I presume, would welcome the welcome this measure as as persuasion. Um, and uh, I, I guess I would like to hear if you have, because I know you were treating patients, if you have a personal story of somebody, and you don't have to tell their name, obviously, or identify them, but where somebody was surprised with kidney disease. Have you run into that before personally? Yes, uh, it, it actually is, it's not that unusual, but they don't know the implications of that. Uh, they don't know uh, where they are in terms of a risk profile. Uh, and when you sit down with them tell the, and you tell them that they're at high risk for developing end-stage renal disease, it, it frequently is shocking to them. Our guideline organization, uh, KDGO, or the Kidney uh, Disease Global International Outcomes Group, has developed a heat map. And that heat map takes a look at, uh, lets you plot your serum creatinine and your EGFR versus your UACR and give you an idea of risk. And, and, and with tools like this, we can uh, better educate patient, patients where they are on the spectrum in terms of uh, uh, CKD and, and, and diabetes. And we can talk to them about what additional measures we can use to prevent progression. So the tools that we have in, in, in the kit and, and uh, our organizations are working with us right now are, are clearly here to, to promote health and, and to uh, uh, reduce progression of kidney disease. We need to, to really decrease um, the number of patients going on dialysis. Uh, we really need to, uh, to reduce the number of patients going on dialysis. And we, we really need to, to think about this in terms of our total healthcare system. If we can 
prevent progression of kidney disease, uh, this will have an impact on, on our economy. It will have an impact on our on our healthcare system. It will lose reduce health healthcare expenditures because dialysis is very expensive. Dr. Wilson, your uh, your appearance here obviously is to um, to promote Bear and the toolkit and the work. Um, why is this so important to Bear, and and what are some other things that you may be doing? Well, uh, the uh, the uh, motto at Bear is science for a better life, uh, and uh, I, I think that that. Um, uh, I think what we've recognized at this point in time is that that we have to be a partner uh, uh, with physicians, with healthcare professionals, and with other groups. Uh, and we, we, we rather than uh, simply focus on 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 uh, developing medications, we need to enter in, into providing healthcare solutions. And, and part of that healthcare solution is at least in, in terms of, uh, of kidney disease, is ensuring that, that there's proper screening, that there's proper diagnosis, and there's proper information for patients, uh, uh, information available for patients. And, and, I, and I think that, uh, you know, partnering with organizations like NCQA, uh, with uh, the National Kidney Foundation and others, helps us carry that message forward. We need to be a partner in terms of providing healthcare solutions. And, and we've recognized that, recognized that there are some deficiencies here, and, and we've worked with NCQA to try to correct those. And we appreciate the, their partnership, really. I have one more question for you, Doc. There is a, a, an equity component to this, too. And I know this is kind of coming out of left field for you, but African-Americans suffer from diabetes uh, more so uh, than, than others. And so is that true of chronic kidney disease? And, um, and is there an equity or a disparity component to this that you know of? Kidney disease uh, occurs much more frequently in, in African Americans and uh, in, uh, in in Hispanic populations. Uh, uh, some of this might be due to disparities, but some of this is also due to uh, to uh, uh, genetic factors. We've recognized that there's a, a genetic allele, allele ApoL1. Uh, that increases the risk for some types of kidney disease in, in African-American patients. Uh, it doesn't occur in every African-American, but it, it is a, a genetic variant that might increase propensity for developing uh, kidney disease. Uh, so um, uh, we've been concerned about that. Uh, 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 one of the things that we're doing in, in our uh, ongoing research is that uh, we're making uh, great attempts to recruit more uh, African-American patients and to recruit more Hispanics in, into our research studies. We want our research studies to reflect the prevalence of cardi uh, of, of renal disease or cardiac disease in these populations. And we think that's important as we move forward with our research proposals. Dr. Barton, uh, NCQA, obviously uh, a big priority. Equity is a big priority and stratification of data. Can you talk about that a little bit for us about what NCQA is doing on this forefront and how it applies in diabetes and, and chronic kidney disease? 
NCQA is for the first time asking health plans to stratify some selected measures by race and ethnicity in order to shine a light on where there are disparities in order to celebrate where if there's somewhere where there are no disparities, you know, we're not, uh, we're not predicting how the data is going to come out. We're just saying, Hey, you, you've got to look at this. You've got to look at this for your own internal quality improvement. And also we think that there's a role for this in external comparison. Like why not be compared to your peer plans on how well you provide X service to the Hispanic population or to an African-American population. So we are eager to move along and to see more of our measures stratified, to see more results stratified by race and ethnicity, and to use that tool to shine a light on what's happening in America. Mm -hmm. and, and, and what's happening to everyone in America, right? Because uh, the health system has has missed a few for uh, quite a while now. Dr. Wilson, before we uh, close up, I wonder if there's something you'd like to add. We all need to partner and, and we need to partner with agents, uh, with groups like the uh, NCQA and, and, and with other groups to, to promote uh, health. And that partner, uh, that partnering or that partnership should involve uh, pharmaceutical companies, it should involve uh, medical societies, it should involve clinicians, it should involve uh, groups like the NCQA. I, I think we have a great opportunity uh, to uh, uh, prevent disease and, uh, as was pointed out a minute ago, prevent uh, uh, health, uh, health issues that result from disparities. Dr. Uh, Barton, that's really... Uh what we're trying to do here with the toolkit, right? And the measures is try and create a, um, a momentum and consensus on this and get everyone on board. And, and this is just the beginning. That's absolutely right, Matt. And I want to thank Bear for their support of this work because uh, I think, you know, I'm really proud of the work the team has done on this toolkit and, um, and also on these measures. So thank you. That was Bears Dr. Dan Wilson and NCQA's Dr. Mary Barton talking up the Kidney Health Toolkit. You can find out more about the toolkit on our site at www.ncqa.org slash kidney health toolkit or just search for it in the search box at the top of our website at ncqa.org. Now on Inside Healthcare, we hear a chat between NCQA President Peggy O'Kane and our Vice President for Public Policy and External Relations, Frank Michike. In September, Peggy co-authored a National Academy of Medicine paper highlighting the growing awareness and the steady rise of high-level improvements to health equity in the U.S. In this clip, Peggy talks about the challenges of collecting accurate data that reflect the needs of underserved populations. Peggy and Frank also discuss the products and services NCQA continues to develop to assist organizations and providers in implementing a health equity agenda. The greatest challenge is the will to do it, is to get the will mobilized to do it. Now, are there going to be people of color who are going to say, why does my health plan want to know what race I am. Maybe they have some bad intentions towards me. Will things like that come up? 
yes. Will there be people that are not in any category? And do we have dueling categories out there? Yes. That feels like something we could kind of make progress on if we work on it together. And in fact, we're talking, you know, we've been talking to National Quality Forum about trying to converge around uh, what the data conventions will be and so forth. So, so there are human problems, that, but really the biggest problem to me is the, is the will. Um, and now I think that there's another kind of line of conversation that I'm not really sure how to process it, which is there are contributors to the health of people that are even more important than health care. So, you know, if you live in a, in a neighborhood that has no healthy food available, if you live in crowded circumstances and unsafe circumstances, you know, if you are a poor person in the United States, that has a huge impact on your health. But there is, I think, a separate issue about how is healthcare serving you. And I think, you know, we, we quickly rush to like, let's adjust away um, these, these factors that have a bad impact on health. We, we need to kind of be realistic about them and perhaps pay enhanced case management fees for people that are um, treating patients that have very, very challenging situations and so forth. But we, we've got to be riveted on what is our role in healthcare and how are we going to do our job better rather than trying to like point to the other circumstances that we're a part of, you know. So um, along those lines, um, we do have products such as the Multicultural Healthcare uh, Accreditation, which uh, you and I know is moving to become the um, health equity accreditation product um, and that will help uh, systems, plans, uh, maybe other organizations to uh, identify gaps uh, and uh, will um, push them to, to fill those gaps and, and to um, improve equity. So that's one piece, but I'm wondering broadly and including that um, products and services piece, what is NCQA doing to implement a health equity agenda? Well, I mean, I think you know that we're, we've proposed a measurement strategy where we're stratifying and it's uh, currently uh, applying to five measures. We're kind of expediting the reporting of those so that we're hoping to report them stratified by race and ethnicity by 2023. And we're planning to add more measures uh, as we go forward. But we've got some very interesting uh, measures and measures where the, the disparate outcomes are really, uh, especially with COVID, um, you know, diabetes control, um, you know, hemoglobin A1C control, hypertension. These were some of the conditions that were very, very important predictors of bad outcomes with COVID. Um, but they're bad. They predict bad outcomes from their own, uh, you know, the, the things. That's why they're in there in the first place. Um, you know, if you don't control hypertension, you get all kinds of complications. And if you don't control diabetes, you know, people lose their kidneys, people go blind, people lose their limbs. I mean, it's a very, very sobering list of things. And so having this ability now to kind of at least remove some of the fog from the lens, um, I think gives us a lot of um, opportunity to move forward. 
you know, on the standard side of the house, we have the, the health equity accreditation. On the measurement side, we have the ability to um, really discern how are we doing relative, uh, you know, with these relative, these uh, population groups. It's not, it's not that complicated. It's complicated to get the data and so forth, but the concept itself is, are you looking at your groups separately? And when you see a disparity, what are you doing to improve? And when you, when you do the intervention, did it work or didn't it work? NCQA President Peggy O'Kane talking with Vice President for Public Policy and External Relations, Frank Michike, all about that drive to build a health equity agenda in the United States. And now a reminder about NCQA's Quality Innovation Series. The series of over 40 courses features experts from across the healthcare spectrum with courses covering everything from telehealth and high-tech medicine to the future of patient care. Many Quality Innovation Series sessions offer discounts and continuing education credits, so they're definitely worth checking out. Coming up on Friday, November 5th, our Quality Innovation Series offers a virtual product demonstration roundtable. That should be interesting. And on November 8th, we offer Tackling Racial Disparities in Chronic Kidney Disease. Even more, on Monday, November 15th, we present the official launch of NCQA's Data Aggregator Validation Program. You can sign up for as many sessions as you like. All sessions are recorded, so you don't have to be there to watch. You can see them on demand. Find out more about the 2021 Quality Innovation Series at education.ncqa.org. As always, we welcome your comments and feedback here at Inside Healthcare. You can also throw us ideas for guests or hot topics you'd like us to cover. And of course, to find out more about our products, tools, and training, search through our website, ncqa.org. We'll take that feedback at the email address, communications at ncqa.org. So thank you for joining us for another edition of Inside Healthcare. On behalf of our producer, Dave Smolar, I'm NCQA Communications Director, Matt Brock. We'll see you again, no doubt. You've been listening to Inside Healthcare, a podcast brought to you by NCQA, the National Committee for Quality Assurance. Inside Healthcare is available on your computer or mobile device through Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and on our blog at blog.ncqa.org forward slash podcast. <laughs>